Welcome back to Lifelanes, a brotherly guide. We're your hosts, Justin and Don Mazza. On today's episode, we're chatting with one of my best friends from medical school, Rachel Yeager. She's also a formate rumor of mine and travel companion, having gone to Thailand together. Rachel's a kind and caring naturopathic doctor practicing in our home state of Arkansas. She previously worked for clinics in Portland, Oregon, where she focused on chronic illness such as Lyme disease, mold toxicity, autoimmune diseases, and more. Now she's providing virtual consults and classes to clients all over the United States. If you want to work with her, she can be found at drrachelyeager.com. Rachel, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're really excited to have you on. You know, you're my first Portland friend that I'm going to be having on. Yay. Um, and you're one of my first Portland friends that I actually made. I remember that time at Sizzapai. I remember too. We talked yeah. about the office with Shub. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And Cindy. Yeah. That was like the meeting spot for a while, even though it yeah. was like not like a good spot. Justin's been there too. Um, I feel like it was an okay spot. They had a lot of seating. It's good. Yeah. It's good yeah. It was, it was good enough. You know, it was yeah. what we needed yeah. at that time. Yeah. Um, but we can go on and on about that stuff. But, you know, we should probably address the elephant in the room that is the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl yesterday, <laughs> you being from that part of the country. How does it feel? Um, super good. I would just like to say that I credit Taylor Swift with their win. So pretty excited I mean, for her. She had something to do with it. I didn't know she was such good friends friends with Blake Lively. That's something that I learned yesterday. Oh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I also learned that Ice Spice is not a Spice Girl. Okay. She, <laughs> yeah. she is not. Yeah. I, I was I like hearing Ice Spice yeah. and my head went and yeah, I was wrong. I thought Wait, the you, same thing at first too. That's so funny. You, you, oh, you guys don't know who Ice Spice is? I didn't know till last night. No. Justin, you didn't know who she was? Oh, she she's a, like a, a bunch of like big songs. You guys have probably heard of it, but she has this video or she has this video where she's like at a skate park and she's on rollerblades and this dude like made like a video like making fun of her so he like dressed up as her so he has like that wig and like these like really tight clothes but he's like singing the song in his deep voice it's like you thought i was feeling you i'll send you guys a video it's oh hilarious. my gosh we, we had uh during the usher performance we had a real moment when her came out and never like no one besides one person knew it was her. So everyone just kept going, who is that? That's her. No, who is it? Yeah. Classic. Uh, what is that? Alvin and Costello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's on first? What's on second? Yeah. I didn't know who she was either. No pun yeah. intended. Yeah. <laughs> she was pretty good. Yeah. yeah she rocked out. Joe. I thought Usher was pretty good. I thought it was good too. You know, I was that's what everyone's talking about. Like, what'd you think of the halftime show? I'm like, I fucking loved it. I don't know. Yeah. Because maybe I'm just a huge Usher fan. Well, Luda came out. Little John, I mean, yeah, that, Luda, come on, yeah, yeah. all that kind Lil of stuff. Lil John in the crowd was awesome. Yeah. 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 Luda yeah. had a hella fro going. It was pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he had these shoes on too. Did you see his shoes? <laughs> they were platforms? Like I don't know if you call them platforms. They were just so bulky, like mm. ridiculously bulky. Just Dean, when you get a chance, just pull up Ludacris's shoes from the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll come back it, to that. It but, had a very Power Ranger esque vibe about all the costume designs. Yeah, um, I was I thinking more Thanos with oh, his clothes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson initially. I know. I, saw, I heard it was uh, a Michael Jackson. I saw something. Tribute. It's like the real winner of the Super Bowl. Usher's arms and <laughs> just like cuts to his arms. <laughs> like, all right. He he was uh he was schwitzing a lot out there. Yeah. But you know, there's so many lights. You know, dad told me that they don't get paid for the Super Bowl. They bid on it now. That changed years they ago. They have to pay? They pay for it. So like like Usher pays for it. Artists bid for the show. Okay. They pay for the entire production, but he's dropping a new album. I think today, which is why, you know, they do it. So it, oh, it he, started he was with saying the, that the NFL pays for the production. It started with wow. the weekend years ago. Cause I remember he was complaining about his mirror performance where he was like going through the labyrinth of mirrors. He was mm -hmm. complaining about it and people were like, it's your money. Just don't pay for it then. Um, huh. So yeah, they bid on it now, which is change, which I think is why you don't get like the Rolling Stones or anyone who doesn't need it anymore. Well, I'm just thinking about when 50 Cent and everyone was out there, and I'm like, 
That's surprising oh, yeah. to me then. That's when interesting. He came up, upside down, right? And his, his stomach was hanging down. I, yeah. I remember yeah. the monkey bars. Hey, man, he's old. <laughs> I like that. Was, that was great. Yeah. He, he's put in his dues. Um, yeah. What did you guys think of the game? It was great. It was super close the whole time, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Boring yeah. first half, obviously spiced up second. <laughs> Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of turnovers. Uh, you know, I thought Brock looked nervous out there, or or uh, you know, uh, yeah. what was it, Lee Harvey Oswald? Uh, <laughs> is that who the Brock Purdy look like? Is I uh, my friends were very impressed by my referee skills. I think I like I called penalties left or right. I'm like, that's a hold, sixty five. Like you can kind of see it. Uh, huh. Dad tells me all the time. Who, who like, was the should have been a ref. Uh, I'm like, you're right. That's the one thing I needed a bird's eye view. And I would have been a great rep. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the audience? Who was impressed? Is he? Uh, no, Andre, John, Rich. We, we had a crew. We had a dozen people over. <laughs> what was the spread like? Uh, the food or the game? Yeah. Yeah. The uh -huh. food. Um, I made wings from scratch. We had spinach, artichoke dip, buffalo chicken dip, uh, Dom's chicken fingers. Uh, also, John figured out that Dom's chicken fingers aren't from you, Dom. He was totally <laughs> under the impression that you make chicken fingers. So, Rachel, there's this like popular deli, uh, Italian deli. Well, by popular us. is an understatement. It's yeah, it's, it's known. It's, it's known. Yeah, yeah it's okay. famous. Okay. And they're known for their chicken fingers. Is like their big thing, and it's okay. called Dom's Deli. And my friend literally thought all this time he's had dom's deli multiple times in our friend group he thought dom <laughs> was somewhere making chicken fingers and no then didn't way. come to these parties i'm like why wouldn't he come then so yeah. maybe in another life that's dom's alternate career <laughs> italian deli yeah well, my, our uh, our friend used to work there and i mean it was just like a factory at those chicken fingers they just have like these five latina ladies just like in the back, just that's their job. They just fry up chicken fingers all day. Yeah. And apparently their secret is they use honey mustard in the batter. Hmm. And yeah. now it's and not a secret anymore because you just shared it, but it sounds well, good. It's Dom, I'm not going to make it. It's Dom. They have a whole yeah. chicken finger line. They're like, chicken fingers over here. <laughs> wow. Dom's, uh, I miss them. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good game. You know, I won some money on some of my bets. Um, you know, Justin and I were chatting before how we both, and I don't, you're not a big sports better, are you, Rachel? No, last night was the first time and I didn't Dom, even write my name squares. down. My dad wrote it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She referred to boxes as squares. That yeah. was the first clue. <laughs> but, um, you get, you can bet on all sorts of things, but really common ones are like, will this player get over under 50 yards? Okay. So that's something to think about. And then there's also this thing called parlays, which is like, you need multiple bets to hit, right? And you need them all to hit, you know? So you need three different legs of the parlay, but then your payout's much bigger, right? And okay. then Justin and I both had a, a nice parlay. We missed it by one yard from from the running back, but, you know, that's uh, how gambling goes. Yeah. Fair, fair. Well, I might be getting better at my sports luck because last night went well, and then I won my fantasy football league this year, so... I need you to one fantasy football. Let me in there. Yeah, What's the buy? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we each bought in twenty five bucks, but it was okay. it was great. It was good, good first prize. Yeah. What about you? Do March Madness? Fill out a bracket. <laughs> uh, maybe so sometimes. <laughs> what's the, what's the Arkansas the the call? What? Oh, what Woo Pig Suey. That's hilarious. Woo Pig, Suey. <laughs> Woo Pig. You guys know that video of like all the girls from Southern schools like, hi, my name is Amber and I go to University of Arkansas. No, I've never seen Oh, that. it's like a recruiting oh. video like for high school girls and you can't, they, they're all SEC. Are they all like SEC like, sorority girls? Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, understand yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, my name's Rachel. The, I'm going to Auburn. <laughs> like, yeah, but awesome. they say it so fast. Like, how about everybody all going to very Auburn? And then they <laughs> say, like, I need to look like, like that up. yeah, like, like, you have to send me that. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was one of my favorite videos for a while. I've never seen that. That's so funny. Um, did you guys watch the SpongeBob commentary at all? I don't even know how you would watch it. You it's had on, to have cable, right? It's on ESPN. Oh, it's on ESPN. It's for kids. So a couple of years ago, uh, 
ESPN took this initiative to say, how do we get more kids to watch the Super Bowl and obviously build them for lifelong fans, but also keep it the Super Bowl where their dads or their parents will be watching the game. So they do this simulcast of Nickelodeon where they do like Slime and SpongeBob and Patrick were the were the announcers this year. Like they made fun of McCaffrey for fumbling the ball. They were like joking around with it. So I've never watched it, but it's it's got this like kid like feel to it is the idea. Huh. And I saw they had Dora the Explorer as well. And she was explaining why penalties. She's like, a hold is when the offense <laughs> And I was like, you think this seven-year-old kid's knowing what a hold penalty is? I don't know, but I know a lot of friends who should be watching that. It feels like it. <laughs> yeah, I could have yeah, that, too. <laughs> you Dora explaining the, uh, the overtime, overtime rules. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I was watching. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> oh, with the they clock running. Them, right? Yeah. I was they like, why aren't they calling the time? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, Dom, San Francisco probably thought that, too. Like, it felt, I don't know, maybe, maybe everyone, so everyone in our room, like you, Dom, said, looked around like, oh, we're just going to let it go to the end of the quarter because we, yeah. we learned that you just had the possession. Then they snapped the ball anyway, and they just kind of caught San Francisco off guard. Yeah, yeah. it was confusing because I think they give them each a chance to score but not run the clock, but it seemed like they were going to, so it was confusing. Yeah. Well, it's just like, what's the point of even having – they said that the only point of the clock is for if they are going to switch sides of the field. Mm. Mm. So, you know, basically it doesn't matter until 15 hits, right? That's interesting. Kind of of dumb. You know, like college rules, you know how they do overtime? So much fun. Yeah, it's fucking sick. It's a 20-yard line. Or I think it's a 20-yard line. Maybe it's 25. Hmm. I don't know. I got big into college football this year. It helps when you have a team to, to root for. You know, I was rooting for Oregon, and they were really good, like, all this year. Um, haven't found a good college basketball team to root for, but maybe next year. You can always check out the Razorbacks. Do a Woo Pig <laughs> just become a, a Woo Pig <laughs> fan. <laughs> no, actually, got... the Razorbacks football just got back Bobby Petrino, who was like their like white knight coach from when I was in school, and yeah. the Razorbacks yeah. were super good, and they got him back. So they oh. flew a helicopter or plane over the city and we're like welcome back bobby (laughs) and bobby we trust yeah (laughs) that's pretty cool to go to a school with like what what comes to be a legendary coach yeah like you were there that's pretty cool even though he made himself legendary for some of the wrong reasons too yeah yeah. i thought he had some yeah he did some shit shit now yeah. What do you do? He, he like, was beat his he wife had a mistress, and he had employed her, or maybe, like maybe they started sleeping together after he employed her. I don't know, but either way, it was not good. <laughs> oh, yeah. what do you think's worse, him sleeping with her and then giving her a job, or him sleeping with her after she already Ooh. had a job? Probably, uh, I think the former, because then that's just pure. I would nepotism. agree. <laughs> I would yeah. agree. Would that be yeah. nepotism? I thought nepotism has to be like a sibling. Just yeah, favorite. maybe it's whatever like the friend sleeping version is. Yeah. Well, I don't know. well, once we get our producer back and he can start looking this up for us, that'd be the great. practice among those with power, influence of favoring relatives, friends, or associates, especially by giving them jobs. There you go. I'd say she was or, an associate. So everyone <laughs> or associates. Yeah. <laughs> like covering their bases. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump into this episode. So, Rachel, what I am most interested in hearing your story about uh, is a couple of different things. You know, one of them is uh, living with chronic illness. Right. And, and how to go yeah. about that. I'm curious to hear your perspective because you've been both the patient and the doctor on that side. Yeah. Right? Um, and I'm just Curious to see, you know, if your chronic illness kind of led to the type of patients that you wind up treating now and, you know, how that whole situation really came about. So why don't you just, you know, start from the top if you're comfortable. uh, Yeah. Take it away. Okay. You can stop me and interrupt me whenever. Um, Yeah. So when I was like 12, 13, 14, started getting a ton of stomach issues um, and eventually got diagnosed with Crohn's. And I had really severe fistulizing Crohn's where like your intestines tunnel into each other. Um, 
And I had like one of the worst cases that I think they'd, my doctor had ever seen. And it was weird because at the time there weren't any kids that had Crohn's. So they were all like, you're such an you know abnormal case. And now we know it's, it's really common among a lot of and, people. And how old were you at this time? Oh, when I finally got diagnosed, I was 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I was seeing the only few gastroenterologists that Arkansas had at the time. Um, and like, I just was not getting good care. And even for conventional standards, I would say I was not getting good care. Um, and one of my doctors, I ended up because of that doing my own research and like learning about herbs and there's some herbs like slippery elm and marshmallow root that help soothe the intestines. So I started taking those. Um, and then I read, you know, a bunch of research about vitamin D being so helpful for autoimmune disease. So mm -hmm. I asked my doctor about taking vitamin D and all this stuff. And um, he was like, if you take any supplement, including vitamin D, I will drop you as a patient. Jeez. So I actually started taking them and just not telling him, which I don't necessarily recommend other people to do, but um, that's what I did. And I just started like experimenting with my diet. And I tried something called the specific carbohydrate diet, which isn't as common anymore. Um, but back then, like there wasn't really gluten-free options. There wasn't like FODMAPs or all these other popular diets back then. And so this diet was literally like you take out most carbs and you're just eating fat and protein and stuff and fiber. Um, so I tried that for a while and I did like a bunch of lifestyle experiments and experimenting with other natural supplements and all of that. Um, and then eventually I found that there was a naturopathic doctor near me. Um, and she had gone to best year. So she'd gone to four year naturopathic medical school. Um, and so I ended up seeing her and then she really helped me get into remission. So it was the combination of that. And I finally got on the right biologic. Because um, mm -hmm. with Crohn's and a lot of autoimmune disease, it's better now. It's still not great, but there's insurance tiers and a hierarchy. So they'll make you start on six months of high dose prednisone methotrexate, which is a chemo drug, and like all these other super harmful meds before you can get on a biologic. So I went mm -hmm. through all those, all their cousins, like all the cousins of those meds, and then like six biologics before I got on one that worked. Mm -hmm. I feel like so most of journey. my Crohn's patients are on Remicade infusions, and that seems to which be the most helpful Which is an interesting thing. That's not a great yeah. one to be on, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like it costs a lot or... Uh, in terms of risk and efficacy, because it's made oh, with mouse say, protein. It's like yeah. a lower tier. Yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's an older generation of biologic. There's so many newer generations of biologics that Remicade takes like three hours to administer. And I actually ended mm -hmm. up having an allergic reaction to Remicade because your body builds antibodies to it. Mm -hmm. um, but the new biologics, that doesn't happen with them. And they target really specific parts of how your white blood cells dock. And so they're way more effective and way less immunosuppressive than the older mm -hmm. ones like Remicade. Yeah, it's interesting to see the evolution of medicine. I mean, even just like over 10 years, right? Like the treatments yeah. that are available now compared to what oh, they were yeah. 10 years ago, like completely different, you know, side effect profiles completely different. And, you know, you kind yeah. of dealt with that firsthand, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you've been tracking like the new JAK inhibitors that are coming out, but I have some people that are on them and they're amazing. Like they're putting eczema into remission and things that didn't have treatments before. Yeah. So there's a really new class of biologics out. And what? there's finally a topical JAK inhibitor called Opozura, which works for like most skin stuff. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Go back to that eczema comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a topical JAK inhibitor. So it what has some systemic absorption. Jack is J-A-K. It's a protein that's associated with the autoimmune response. Um, and if you block it, it doesn't have as many systemic effects as like other common things that are used to shut down the immune system. So it's like a more targeted approach and people are having amazing results with it. Yeah. Is that different than a checkpoint inhibitor or is it a type of checkpoint inhibitor? Do you I think know? it's a type of checkpoint inhibitor? I have yeah, to refresh. Yeah, that's just like a basic one but rachel yeah. not to go on a deep dive of jack inhibitors but you piqued my interest um yeah <laughs> this is something oral or topical 
There's an or, there's multiple oral jack inhibitors. There's one topical that I know of. Um, is it OTC or no? It's prescription. No. Okay. Um, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's more widely available, right? I, it's, but it's starting to actually be covered by insurance. And they're doing a bunch of trials of Oppozera for like multiple skin conditions now because it's working so well for everything they've tried it for so far. So in New York, um, I don't think we have naturopathics, right? Or We do. We uh, there are, but the like labs are weird and stuff in New York, so it might be harder for them to practice. We yeah. are pursuing a DO. Um, I've had uh, awesome experiences with DOs. Uh, yeah. I had like an endocrine journey for years and years, and it was a DO. Um, oh, wow. So I'm curious if that is something we should uh, look at for Lindsay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the topical jack inhibitor, that usually comes from like a dermatologist and um, for it to be covered by insurance. But yeah, there's neat stuff out there. I I just GoodRx'd it. Um, Are you familiar with GoodRx? Yeah. Rachel? Yeah. Yeah, So GoodRx is like a coupon website um, that we use a lot. So what do you guys think a month of Oppozera cream cost? One tube. 3,000. Oh, that no was close. Way. Two two thousand. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, we'll hope I, insurance covers it. Yeah. Do, do you do you think that she's gonna have to uh, fail a bunch of medications first? Uh, it really depends on the the insurance and the policy. Yeah. Yeah, and if the doctor is willing to do the prior auth for it, because if you step up the insurance's like ladder. You don't have to jump through as many hoops, but if you want to skip ahead, you can try, but you have to, the doctor has to put in more work and that's unpaid work. So it's part of how the system's set up that doesn't benefit the patient. Yeah. Prior authorizations suck. And then in someone's yeah. doctor's office, everyone's like trying to pass it off to someone. I know. I don't do Yeah. And Justin, we, we've chatted about what prior auths are. Do you want us to refresh your memory? Go for it. It's basically us justifying to insurance, to the insurance company, why we think something is indicated. So either mm-hmm. medication or imaging, that's, I feel like, the most times where I use prior offs for. And really, it's a lot of the times it's because the medication is expensive. The insurance company wants to do a cheaper one. And they're like, why can't you do the cheaper one? And yeah. yeah, then you're just like going back and forth of like, all right, listen, bitch, I'm the doctor. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, oftentimes it's not even doctors reviewing these cases. No. It's just people in the insurance company. And Which, their job is to save money. Yeah. And like, I would argue that that is practicing medicine and like politicians making health regulations is practicing medicine. So it's just crazy that people who don't have medical training can make decisions like that. Can I ask a dumb guy question to you guys? Yeah. How, can you take on patients outside your state? If you're licensed in that state, yes. So you have to be licensed in where the patient is. Well, what where does it mean take on patients? Yeah. Advise is a different conversation. It's right? a gray yeah. area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. For like educational consults and advice, um, that would have less limitations. Yeah. Yeah, as long as it's educational. We'll talk, Rachel. <laughs> you Sounds can find good. her at, at, at DrRachelYeager.com. Guys, I had a tweet that went viral today. Really? What was what it? What is viral? Well, right now it's up to like 124,000 impressions. Oh, pretty that's good. pretty good. Dude, what? Viral. It, was some, it was some stupid shit, too. It was like some lady posted about saunas, right? So I was just like, what's your take about dry brushing? Uh, before going into a sauna that's it that's all i said maybe people thought it was satire and they just went at they were like oh this guy's yeah, good no nah, dude i've gotten like 10 followers just from that comment <laughs> the post itself has fifty-five thousand, but my comment has hundred thirty-four thousand. so wait what is your follower conversion because shouldn't you have way more followers that many people liked it well like, no, no that's not who liked it that's who it's have seen fresh. it yeah. oh okay yeah I said, what's your take on dry skin brushing or lymphatic drainage massage and the use of doing them prior to the sauna? Good question. 
I thought it was fine. Yeah, I thought I was going to get maybe 500, you know, maybe yeah. a cow. But yeah, new record for me. I'm pretty Good for excited you, Dom. about Congrats. it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks, guys. I'm a Twitter fiend now. Oh um, going back to Jack inhibitors, uh, you know, Rachel and Justin, should we chat about who who we're we're uh, involving in this as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. Fiance. Yes, it's Justin's fiance, and she's been going through a lot of health issues that. I've been trying to help her, but, you know, it's kind of hard from a distance, right? Because, like, you know, you know how it is, like, telling people or, like, you want specific labs and, like, they come back and they just got, like, a CBC done. And you're like, all right, well, that's not really telling me anything. Yeah. And then she's just getting, like, bounced around doctor to doctor. And to make things worse, there's, like, insurance issues going on as well. Um, So she's really having to be, like, an advocate for herself, you know? Like, I'm not getting the care that I'm, I'm looking for, you know? And yeah. it sucks too because it's like you're not answering these questions. I either don't even know what questions I should be asking. I just don't feel good. And yeah. it's like, who do I go to with with this thing? You know. And she yeah, was saying, she was like, who do I see? She's like, do I see gastro? And I was like, well, you know, like some gastro don't even like believe in like SIBO and stuff like that. We, so we did. It was a waste of time. Most of the time, it is. I was in the room. Yeah, and, and like I kind of gave the doctor credit where I get it. Like as a patient, you're pretty fed up and you just want to throw all these different solutions at it and hopefully something works. Right. So you probably yeah. stretch who you should be seeing. <clears throat> we saw the gastro, um, great guy, whatever. Yada. And then he's like, this is an allergist problem. Right. And it's like, that's kind of what we knew going into it, but we had such a poor experience with the allergist. So it's like, okay, well now we have to go find a new allergist. And it, yeah. Uh, and then the, the challenge is it's like, this isn't doing research online for free. This is spending thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars, right? So it is uh, crazy that like you don't know what results or help you're gonna get going in. You're just paying for the chance of getting helped, which is crazy. Yeah. It gets it gets frustrating. I also think there's something to be said about having doctors within the same network just from a communication standpoint, like her PCP. It's not a network with her allergists. And of course, they ran the same blood work, which I knew was going to happen. Yeah. So now I'm like, everywhere you go, you're going to bring your blood work. You're going to ask them to make copies of it. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's how is... it should be. I mean, yeah. you know, like I, that's one of the first things to be like, what lab work have you had? Because I don't want to run extra labs. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes doctors forget that all this costs money. For instance, our father who has like the best health insurance known to man has never had to pay for anything. You know, he can get an echo whenever he wants, never has to pay. He can get x-rays whenever he wants. So, you know, if you kind of come from that mindset, you're going to be like, Oh, like I'll just run all these tests or I'll run all of this. But you know, me, I come from the mindset of like everything I'm going to have to pay for until my deductibles hit, which influences how I'm going to approach medicine. Just because I'm like, you just had this done two months ago not really any need for me to repeat this right now yeah and then yeah there's just that discrepancy in healthcare that i've noticed yeah no and i think you made a good point about like how are you supposed to even know what questions to ask because i feel like that's um that's the hardest thing if you're trying to be your own advocate but you don't fully understand the pictures like you don't even know what to ask so it's almost placing an unfair burden on the patient but with our modern medical system, I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Like you do have to advocate to get good care, which sucks. What what websites do you get? Because this is what happens, right? As oh my a patient, God, I was thinking of that, Justin, too. Like what hey, resources, brothers. yeah. Because it's like as a patient, then you take it upon yourself to go find that community or network. And the easiest thing is go to Google, right? Yeah. You guys lean on WebMD or are there other... Uh, areas or resources that you should be utilizing um from a doctor's perspective or more patient's perspective patient perspective hmm because the problem is you go down these like rachel she had coxsackie we both did i gave it to her that's on me uh i got it from a baby cousin <laughs> and i didn't have any lesions or anything but she yeah. did and yeah. then she's like, I have monkeypox. I'm like, what do you mean you have monkeypox? <laughs> because right. we went to Google, right? And then, of course, we went into a doctor and it was not monkeypox. Um, yeah. But that's the chat. Like, there's this, you could just go down rabbit holes and get false information. 
Yeah. I feel like that's where having like a naturopathic doctor, someone who is a little bit of a jack of all trades can help you because they can like basically explain the root causes of things that you don't accidentally go down, you know, these terrifying rabbit holes. Because everything that you Google can also be cancer, which is terrifying. Um, and there's a bunch of different databases. Like if it's something that's outside my scope, I at least know, you know, I have like my four or five go-to search engines where I'm like, try to find a provider on one of these search engines, ask the office these specific questions, ask them how many patients they see with your specific concern. Um, and like that works a little better for some specialty stuff, but basically like helping direct for like, you know, I'm going to be your central source of coordinating what's going on and helping you vet information. And I'm going to tell you, you know, who I think you should go see and help you find people to see. I feel like that works better than just trying to, you know, go online. Cause like you said, there's so much online, like that can be. Especially if you're like typing in symptoms, like if you're typing in a condition you know, it's easier to find information, but if you're True. typing in symptoms, itchy skin, you know, like so well, much shit's going to come up. What yeah. would be a condition then? Sorry. Like what eczema. But how do you know you have eczema to begin exactly. with? Exactly. how you well, start yeah. typing I mean, that, in. That makes, it, that makes yeah. it challenging, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, s- stuff that I like that, you know, normal people could dissect. I think Cleveland Clinic puts out some good information. Yeah. Um, I think Mayo Clinic is fine. I'm not a huge fan of WebMD or like HealthNet dot whatever um i mean i use medscape a lot but that might be a little bit too in detail for a lay person um and i agree I, that I, cleveland and mayo are good yeah i think they're pretty good they're they're pretty easy to read too um and then you know youtube as well has some great channels again they're more kind of catered towards people in the field uh instead of the lay person but there are some great you know information like but again, they're more focused about like conditions, you know, like what is diabetes as compared to like, I have double vision, you know, like, what does that yeah. mean? I mean, maybe yeah. you could try like chat GPT, although I <laughs> wonder, true. I wonder, yeah, what, what like chat GPT would say. Maybe they just like t- pull from WebMD. I'm sure there's going to be like, whether it be a teledoc service or, you know, someone leveraging yeah, like AI. Make this diagnosis for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for the patient and the provider, like I'm sure there's going to be resources like that. Yeah. I just think about, you know, because I've had that conversation with people before where it's like if it's wrong, you know, like where does the blame fall? You know, because there is a certain amount of personal experience that is needed in medicine, you know, for like atypical presentations and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wonder like if people are just relying on ChatGPT to make diagnoses for things. You know, and if it's wrong, does the person who inputted the material get blamed? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd kind of be a blameless situation because it's just a robot. So (laughs) you get what you sign up for, you know. Someone's got to get sued. (laughs) I I was, uh, I so Dom, you obviously remember Chris, our carpenter, who's kind of Rachel, the family carpenter. He's suffering through, I don't know what type of cancer, but. I think he has colon cancer. Colon cancer. Okay. Not not going well right now. Fast forward, I had his good friend, our painter, come over and we were talking about it. And supposedly he was misdiagnosed and they didn't catch the cancer quick enough. And, you know, I've got this like painter, right, uh, who's telling me, you know, he's how pissed and they should sue and all this. And it doesn't matter which side you fall on. My thought, though, and I've had this because I think I've, people in my life in the medical profession is you guys are literally just working your job like as a patient because it's health which is one of the most if not the scariest thing for someone to deal with right we go to someone like you our specialists or subject matter experts and expect immediate results and immediate answers when i talk to dom like medicine is trial and error we're going to try this it's not going to work we're moving on to the second and so on and so on and as a patient most frustrating thing, right? Like so frustrating. I mean, I tell yeah. people straight up, I'd be like, listen, you know, this is what we know. This is what we don't know. Right now we're just throwing darts, hoping something yeah. sticks. And the worst is when nothing sticks and people still feel like shit. Cause then yeah. they think it's all in their head. 
right? Which maybe, you know, mental health does play a role in it, but you know, like there's only so many tests you can do. That's why it's kind of like bittersweet, you know, like if someone tests positive for like Lyme disease or like something like that, I'd be like, oh, like, you know, now we can point the finger at something. There's a target. This is why we feel bad. But yeah, yeah, medicine medicine is just trial and error, really. It's true. And Justin, I think about that a lot because with things like ovarian cancer, the only sign could be bloating. And it's like, if you worked up every person with bloating who came in with bloating for ovarian cancer, like that's just not feasible or helpful or, you know, so it's tricky because there are some lose-lose situations, I think, where it's like, it's just really hard to catch some things. Um, Well, there are other times of clear negligence too, I think, but yeah. Well, I think, I think with Chris, you know, he, he was younger than 45. So, you know, it's hard to get a colonoscopy Unless True. you're like really shit in blood. And, yeah. you know, I don't know his personal situation, but I think he was like downplaying it. But I, we have a patient at my clinic who's like 42 with stage four colon cancer. And she was going to her primary saying like, she's like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You know, like there's blood yeah. in my stool. And they just kept working up for hemorrhoids and hemorrhoids and hemorrhoids. And when they finally, and then she just like went to the emergency room. They did a CT, found out it was metastatic cancer. And yeah, yeah. Shame. See, like that, I feel like she should have been referred to gastro, and they would have done a colonoscopy, yeah, or at least just do a colonoscopy. Yeah. yeah, if someone's shit and blood, you know, I I ask, is it on the toilet paper or is it in the toilet bowl? You know, yeah. If it's on the toilet paper, all right, maybe just hemorrhoids. We'll try it out. If it's in the toilet bowl, I'd be like, all right, you know, like yeah, we're getting get, you know, we're getting a colonoscopy. What's yeah. a hemorrhoid? A hemorrhoid is a dilation of the blood vessels in your anus. Mm. So uh, commonly, they can lead to like anal itching, anal irritation, or blood on the toilet paper. It's a very like Hollywood term, as like in movies or TV shows, like, oh, I got a hemorrhoid today, and like no one yeah. knows what that yeah. means. And you don't have a hemorrhoid a for a day. It could be like your hemorrhoids are flaring up, mm. yeah. <laughs> like... You know, they're 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 kind of just there unless I think you can get them like snipped. Yeah. Well, there's that new Keezy technique that um, yeah. Dr. But I haven't heard of anyone besides Dr. Gardner doing that. Hmm. But I think yeah. you can just tie a rubber band around them. Yeah. And it's like the old way of doing it. Yeah. Strangulate the tissue. <clears throat> yeah. Something uh, something I've becoming more aware in medicine because a lot of my friends are having children is like I never knew a C-section wasn't something like an elective. Just, hey, I just want a C-section. They'll just right. give it to you. And just all, all, all these complications around fertility and, and having a child where yeah. they really just try to go natural. Like we know people who haven't been able to conceive for a good amount of time. And they're like, well, it hasn't been a year yet, so we can't really do anything. So I don't know. Can yeah. you just lie? I don't, I don't know. It was just crazy just to hear all this. Well, that's, yeah. One of my friends, she had three recurrent losses in a row in a span of like five months. Jeez. And they told her, they were like, we're not going to do anything until you had a third one. Because then that's when we call it official recurrent loss. And that's where I think algorithms are not treating people. They're just like random algorithms that have been set up. It's like, Look at the person in front of you. Don't make her suffer another miscarriage. Run the tests now. Like, what's the point of waiting? Hmm. Yeah, that drives me crazy. I've been experiencing that with a couple kids that I want to refer for tonsillectomies. So getting their tonsils out because they keep getting tonsil infections. But because when we were kids, they were just ripping out tonsils left and right. They put out these new guidelines. So an ENT, at least in the state of Vermont, but I think this this is nationwide, an ENT will not remove tonsils. Unless you've had seven documented tonsil infections in a calendar year. You need seven. You can either have seven in a calendar year, five in a calendar year for two consecutive years, or three for three consecutive years. So, like, this kid is just suffering for three years. And I'm like, dude, they're they're practically touching each other. Just That's take the terrible. Honestly, yeah. I got my tonsils out when I was 20. There's only one Ooh. doctor who would do it that late. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like your tonsils uh, are so annoying when they're swollen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I think Justin and I got them taken out when we were super young. What are you pulling up there, Dean? Today. I'm pulling up uh, what you're saying. 
but it's just not loading. Well, there's a great AAFP article, which I don't, you think AAFP is for the layperson, Rachel? No. No. That's so good, though. I love AAFP. Yeah. Tough. I really feel like you're degrading me when you say the lay people. I know, I know you don't mean it, but what about the com- the common folk? The common folk, yeah, that, that does hurt a little bit. I, I feel like you know uh, my explanation of medicine has like really dumbed down over the last few years. Like at first, I was really explaining what what lipoproteins are and how insulin works, and now I'm just like, insulin is used for blood sugar, and then I'll just leave it there. Wait. We say, Dom, instead of dumbing it down, you either summarized it or you communicated it at an executive level. Like, because we need to dumb down things all the time at work and we get called out for saying the words dumb down because <laughs> people don't like hearing that. I like yeah, that. What's well, true. I mean, if you level? truly know something, you can explain it at a sixth grade level. That's yeah. the measure. But, yeah. but then they might say, you're calling me a sixth grader. So we say true. executive level. True. <laughs> And and it's like, you know, people can always ask for more details if they want, right? Sure. And then you can bring in more details. But yeah, um, that's great. Um, you know, go- going back to being an advocate for yourself, Rachel, what is some, you know, advice that you would give people? Like, you know, you were saying to call the office and see how many people they've treated with this condition. But take yeah. Lindsay's case, for example, she doesn't even know what she has, right? So Yeah, I feel like. So I feel like that's where having a holistic person to be your like jumping off point of everything is super helpful. Cause like I have one person I'm working with right now who has a bunch of really strange symptoms and they've been going on for him for like 20 years. And we came up with like, okay, here are the 10 most likely diagnoses. And like, even if I can't order some of these tests, Like, I'm going to educate you about here's the tests that would rule out or rule in these conditions. And like, here's how to go about ruling these in or out. Yeah. I feel like just having like a guide to go through because otherwise you are just going to Google. And I feel like a lot of health anxiety can come from that. And that's not necessarily helpful because it's really easy to get really concerned about your health. And that makes it hard to heal when we're in a fight or flight state. So it's kind of a tricky balance. Well said, well said. Just right. think Lindsay's going to listen to this and, and Lindsay's really going to enjoy talking to Rachel. She's very, <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, you've got like this philosopher mindset, which I appreciate. Um, like, even just noting getting stressed over your own health isn't going to help your health in any way. Like, right. thinking through that, right? Like, you know, people yeah. just want to get fixed. I think I've like lived so many of these things and I naturally love philosophy that that's like my whole thing now is like, okay, what's the mindset experience that would benefit someone the most from, you know, point A to point B? What's the mental emotional experience? What's the physical experience? What's the doctor support team that would be the most helpful? Like there's just so many aspects and that's what I love about naturopathic medicine and, you know, what Dom and I learned is like, getting to look at every part of a person, which is so important. Right. It's just nice to yeah. have like an advocate on your team who knows yeah. like what they're doing, knows kind of like where to look at the research. Yeah. And is like that, that middleman, you know, between like the medical world and you. Right. Yeah. Because if you don't have that middleman, you can't just go to a specialist and, you know, you don't have a relationship with them. You don't know like what to ask. You might be like kind of emotional in that visit, right? Because you've yeah. been bounced around and you're getting frustrated and then they're getting frustrated because you're frustrated. <laughs> you know, it's like we were talking about uh, with Shub, you know, the type of patients you want to see, like no meanies. But yeah. <laughs> so sometimes people are in pain and they're mean. <laughs> so true. Yeah. And like it takes a lot of patience on the provider. Be like, okay, I understand, you know, you're in pain and you're frustrated right now, you know? So yeah. I want you to let you know I'm on your team, okay? So let's figure this out together. Yeah. How How is that, Justin? Would you trust me? I've <laughs> I've been told people trust me just because I'm Italian. <laughs> Sometimes no, it's mistrust. I think you're making really good deli sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's other paisans, you know? This guy Also, my name is kind of famous here, so that, that's nice. also why they name. trust me. Uh, yeah. Well, first name's famous too. It it is. I mean, trust is hard, man. It, as a patient, 
the way you build trust with the doctor is they solve for something, right? Like they give you one good answer out of the 10 questions you may have. You're like, Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Right. Um, I but think it too, is, just, uh, just like letting them like talk. Yeah. You know, therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm realizing that in my young career where it's like, I don't need to fix all your problems. You know, as long as you come to my office, you feel heard and you feel that I'm working to help get you better. You're probably pretty satisfied. Yeah. You know, because because the bar is set low for these chronic illness patients because they've been to so many doctors. You're like, wow, that person is a fucking piece of shit or like that person didn't help me at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think with chronic illness stuff, it's super tricky. And like what you were saying earlier about Lyme and if there's not a test that finds something, I feel like conventional medicine relies purely on tests and like what are the facts in front of my face? And like, I need to see it on a piece of paper to treat it. And I feel like that's another reason holistic has so many advantages because it's like, I don't need to test someone and happen to catch their tryptase to know they have high histamine. Like you just know it from their symptoms, you know? Right. So, And then a lot of times too, like you kind of use the treatment as you're testing. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you treat, they get better. All right. You know, maybe yeah. you had that that illness or whatever that deficiency, and and we just fixed that. So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think there's value in that too. Yeah. Um, Justin, anything else you want to bring up as far as chronic illness and and your your history of being bounced around by doctors? No, I mean it took time to find the right one. I think uh, I I really again like had a great experience with the do. I think it also helps that. Um, so Rachel, the Maza PCP is one of my best friend's moms. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. So Do they care. A, yeah. Well, like it's also helpful to just shoot her a text, be like, can you just call me? And we have a good relationship where I see her obviously outside of the office. So yeah, that also helps build that. But, uh, Do you ask her questions outside of the office. I don't ask her medical questions. I ask Boundaries, her, Justin. I, no, I ask her, can you fit me in next Tuesday? And she's always says go. yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but that also, like, that's also another frustration as a patient is scheduling. Oh my God. And we're looking at like five months out, some of these doctors, which are you really that busy or you're just like restricting your schedule? Well, it depends on what insurance someone has. Cause sometimes instead of outright that's dropping, a low paying insurance, they'll just say, okay, we're only going to see like three per week. Um, but if it's Damn. a good paying insurance, then they're just that booked out. <laughs> That'd be uh, nice. I've been uh, telling Lindsay who takes insurance as a, you know, mental health counselor. I'm like, you could really got to, you know, focus on the, you know, this insurance company or these out of pocket clients. Cause like, I think like that, which I know you should never be, putting your care or treatment around how much you're getting reimbursed, but hundred percent, right. like it's a part yeah. of the discussion. No, 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 no. Right. You have to think about that. Yeah. If one company is reimbursing you 50 bucks while one is reimbursing you 150 bucks, obviously you want to see more of the 150 bucks. Right. One. Right. And, and, you know, again, that kind of, I think it belittles the $150 one. It's like, Oh, their problems aren't as serious just because like, you know, that's what, you know, when people tell me like they work with cash pay patients and I feel like, you know, going to naturopathic school, everyone's like, oh, I want to work with like the impoverished, you know, and the people who don't have access to resources and stuff like that, which is great. Right. But I think that kind of like belittles people who have money and still have problems, you know, because it's like they True. need to be treated too. And I, I so. realize like, I think the best way to serve everyone is like, see everyone and then you can have pro bono spots because if you have wealthy people paying in also then yeah. you can have some scholarship or pro bono spots yeah somebody told me to do that instead of trying to do like a sliding scale yeah because what happens with a sliding scale is everyone just pays the cheapest amount right right yeah which is what i would do <laughs> um i i forgot who i talked who was i talking about this but the idea of like investing in your health you know where it's like you get people Say you get like a Medicaid patient, right? You know, they're not paying anything for co-pays, you know, for imaging. They're, they're really just going, right? So there's kind of like no incentive unless they really want to get better. As compared to if you're doing a cash pay practice, you know, where you're charging $300 an hour to work with you, you know, people are going to be taking your advice much more seriously and you'll probably get much better results too. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's kind of what I've seen in that trend. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, 
I think payment does affect the medical sphere a lot, which is unfortunate because personally, I view health as like a basic human right, but that's not how it's set up in this country. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a depressing note note on that one. <laughs> um, you know, we're Tyler, what, what's our time at now? Probably at like 45 ish. 50 minutes. 50. So we probably don't even need to get into the, the roommate stuff. Should we have like a little like quiz or a little trivia? Tyler, you have any like fun trivia you could bring up? Hmm. I, I have a discussion topic that I thought about today. Ooh. It's, it's so Seinfeldy. It's like means nothing. Let's throw it out, baby. How do you guys do your laundry? Like, is there a certain day <laughs> of the week? Do you just do it when you have time? And if so, what does that look like? Do you fold your clothes immediately? Like, tell me your laundry plans. All right, I'll go, I'll go first. Um, I do not separate whites from colors. Me neither. You know, we'll, we'll start that off. Uh, I usually do laundry once a week. And it's always on the weekends just because mm. I'm pretty busy during the weekdays. Um, what will happen is I'll uh, usually do two cycles. I'll throw one in. You know, I'll do what I need to do. I'll throw the other one in. And then I do not fold clothes immediately. I mean, like sometimes if I'm doing that, but a lot of times I'll let the dryer go and I'll like go out. And then I'll come even like overnight, like I'll let the dryer go overnight and then I'll like fold them like 24 hours later. Savage. Call me a savage. I know. But I don't work from home, Justin, so I can't just fold laundry at 10 a.m. <laughs> um, I've been experiencing a lot of static, though, with my clothes. My bed mm. sheets have been very static. <laughs> where like I'll go like that. Like and I'll see sparks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see sparks come up. Be like, holy shit. Speaking of, did you ever chew wintergreen mints in the closet as a kid and see how they sparked? I was talking to my friends, and apparently not everyone did that in school. No, no one did that, Rachel. Okay, no, I didn't not know everyone. Sound, no one. It sounds like a Midwest thing. Is Arkansas the Midwest? Maybe. What part of the country is that? It's It feels more it's like the Midwest, but it's technically South. <laughs> yeah, Mid-South. The South. Yeah. yeah, well, fun fact, if you... If you like, you know, chew and crack a wintergreen mint in your mouth in the dark, you'll see static electricity sparks from it. <laughs> Don't avoid the the laundry, Rachel. What do you got? Oh, okay. Fact. Yeah, you're right. Um, I'm not as organized as Dom in that I don't have like a day of the week or whatever I do it. I just do it whenever my laundry basket gets full. So I don't know, <laughs> maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> and I do fold mine right away, but just because I don't want wrinkles in my clothes. Do, do you do yours and your partner's laundry at the same time? No, we each have our own laundry basket wow. in our closet. I do separate the whites. So, like, we Watch. both don't have that many whites. The so whites. We'll... The whites. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You're right. our white. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard that. Together. <laughs> your southern came out right there. <laughs> we will That's wash like our white gills. clothes together, but that's it. Okay. Yeah. You put bleach in there? Are you supposed to put bleach? How do you use bleach? Yeah, what is bleach? I don't use it because it. I don't trust my washer to like fully wash it out before the next cycle. So I just use OxyClean and Borax because they'll whiten it without staining What's your borax? other clothes. I've heard of it. It's a movie. OxyClean's amazing. No, that's Borax, no. you idiot. <laughs> I know that. We know what OxyClean is, Rachel. What's Borax? Oh, borax. Um, it's just like an additional cleaner. I don't know. It's oh, good description, natural. Rachel. <laughs> borax. Uh, so it, it's an anhydrous borate of sodium. Yes, it is. All right, Rachel, for $50, can you name the chemical formula of borax? Tetrasodium borate? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like Na2. Oh shoot, BO three minus maybe? I don't know. No, 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 no. No way. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um I've used bleach to try to clean my bathtub. That's another thing too. How do you guys clean your bathtub? How do you do that? I have shower cleaner. I have shower, but you just go on Amazon. Yeah, Don, your your shower's little got a little grime on it on the wall. I don't know how to clean it. I've tried. Shower cleaner? 
Is I, it like I, mold, like mildewy kind of? No, what what happened was like soap was there and it just kind of like dripped down. Oh. And it's like on on the wall. But the wall's like plastic too. Huh. I don't know. I was in talk with like hiring these like young college girls to just clean clean my apartment. Whoa. I would pay them like a hundred bucks. Be like, bitches, come clean the apartment. Why don't I you just ask your neighbor room. how do you clean your shower? Donald, I just want to figure really out how you neighbors. found the young college girls. <laughs> yeah, you're just on, going on, around UVM. Anyone want to clean on, my shower? <laughs> on Facebook, people advertise all the time. These random things. Did you? How far did you get with like communicating with them? I emailed them. Uh, they took me a while to get back, just because I wanted a quote. I didn't know how much it was going to cost. I'm really glad you didn't message them on Instagram, Don. Yeah, it was an email. <laughs> no, I, I emailed them, and uh, you know I have a very professional picture on my email too. Um, okay, and I addressed it sincerely. <laughs> 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 but. Um, they got back to me a, a while after asking what the square footage was, and I never followed up. I just want someone to come and like dust, you know, maybe clean the baseboards. It's. It, I was gonna say I mean, the baseboards. Much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much do you think it would? How long do you think it would take for two girls to clean my apartment? Probably forty-five minutes. It'll cost if you a hundred, hundred to one hundred and fifty for your apartment to get cleaned down. That's too much. I'd pay a hundred dollars. <laughs> Yeah, don't tell them that. That's my investment. Yes, it is. I mean, I'm not, obviously, I'm not doing it. So they should have to do your laundry, too. (laughs) That's my goal. That's my aspiration is to get to the point where, because now we have a mortgage. So I got to get to the point where we can afford to have someone come deep clean our part, our our house like once a month. That'd be awesome. That's what Lindsay says. You could do that, you know, like 200 bucks can get that. I do that. Yeah, it's worth it. I think. I think it's awesome. I totally think it's worth it. Yeah, you know, it's worth clean. it. Whatever you don't want to do, right? You know, nobody what's your tell time you if it's worth. worth. It or not. That's it. That's true. No, time That's and true. effort. You know, and it's also like, I don't. I'm not a great cleaner compared to people who do this for a living. It's I also want to get my car detailed. No, but it yeah, is right. a skill, Rachel. It is. You know, it is. It's just I feel like that's a cop out on your part. I just don't have the skills to clean. Spoken like a good future husband, right? It's <laughs> not good at I'm a, it. I'm a very like yeah. superficial clear. I can clean the kitchen really well, but the bathroom. And I guess it's because we never really cleaned our bathrooms growing up because we always had like a maid that would come like once a month, mm. and or I, I don't even know, maybe once every two weeks, and then they would clean it. And then in college, I lived with like six dudes, so obviously that bathroom was not clean. Uh, that sounds so like I a never... nightmare. Yeah, we had yeah five, we had two bathrooms, but one was just for one guy, so there's five dudes to one bathroom. Oh my god, that would not work for girls. I would just like to say. No, I remember no. Me, me and Cindy shared a bathroom for a year. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler, did you know that I lived with two girls? Did we talk about that? I did, yeah. I knew that growing up. Yeah. We that questioned was, a lot. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else before we, we wrap things up? Hmm. I don't think anybody, so. anybody have funny jokes? What and Rachel fish- used to come up with jokes on the spot. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do. I did not come up with this one, and I'm sure you guys know it, but it's still my favorite joke. What did the fish say when it swam into a concrete wall? Is this Dam? Dam, yeah. Oh, we've heard that one. <laughs> Wait, what about uh? Why did the chicken cross the road? No. Because. Yeah, I saw, I saw like a five year old tell that, and it was great. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, not, I remember Dom when we were. I actually, you might remember. Do you remember how to count to ten in uh, Thai? Remember when we were sitting uh, in the back of that tuk tuk and we were like, "Yeah, I can't remember I th- the song, but we came up with I, a song for the alphabet." I think I could. I think it's like Yi Sip San." Yes, Yi Sip Sam, something. Sa, oh, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, definitely Yi Sip Sa. Yeah, no, because you had it down, and then the whole rest of the trip, you would just say it randomly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just do it like bounce, maybe. Yeah. Duang song, sam, si, ha, hok, che, pe, ka, sip. 
Wow. Obviously. It's not ye. Not according Wait, to this, but I've got one more topic. It's a it's an answer. It's not a discussion. What's just an underrated TV show that comes to mind? Go around the horn. Ooh. Okay, I have one. Better Go. off Ted. Have you guys seen that? No. No. Oh, Sounds underrated. It is really good. You should watch it. Better off Ted. Right. Let's think of a really underrated one. Give me, give me like fifteen seconds. I don't know. I'm All thinking. right, I, I got one. Wilfred. Mm, you love that show. You did like that show growing up. That was a good show. Great that was a good show. One. Weird show, but you know we had to go to the archives for that one. I saw highlights of the show what? and it made me think of this question. King of Queens doesn't get enough love. That's not underrated. I feel like that, they yeah, that underrated. There was a meme think- from that show that went ultra ultra viral like there was like 10 ago. seasons of that show yeah it have like a, an up, underrated just, show right. it should terrible. be talked about more all right <laughs> just end um end the episode yeah. well rachel thank you for coming on i'm glad we can make this work <laughs> your story is inspiring and i hope some people will take some valuable lessons to be an advocate for themselves Aw, thanks for having me guys this was awesome and, good, and to, rachel, good where, to see you where can people find you again Oh, um, my Instagram is Dr. Dr. Period Rachel Period Holistic, or my website is drrachelyeager.com. Great. Yeah. Love it. You know, I just, <laughs> I just upgraded my Twitter account to not include underscores anymore. I'm pretty excited about that. That's neat. That's pretty neat that the name wasn't already taken. So that's good. Well, it had to be. I wanted just Dr. Dom, but now it's Dr. Dom Mazza. That's fine. That's I'll good. That. That's who you are. Yeah. That's who I am. That's who I am, baby. Wait, let's see what the Twitter count is. So it was 134 at the beginning of this episode. Now it is. Come on, baby. I'm like addicted to this now. Ugh, 138. All right, I think we're capping out. But that's yeah, Dom. Fine. You gotta keep. You gotta keep tweeting at that girl. Yeah, she's my 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 cash cow. Yeah, I mean, just she just quote tweeted your Sugar random. Mama. Your random tweet, so yeah, L- love it. All right, well, um, Tyler, why don't we end it? 